How y'all doing that? So I'd like to thank y'all for stopping by to have a cigar with Uncle Maduro. Man, look at him. And tonight, before we get started, y'all always know like tell y'all what I'm smoking on. And tonight, I'm smoking on an Arturo for Wednesday. Classic 858 Maduro. Man, let me tell you. Now, this here is a smooth cigar. Actually, one of my favorite smokes right here. Now, not because I'm in I'm in partiality, because I met the young lady, the daughter of Arturo Fuente, at our little cigar spot down here called Raz. We had an event probably about maybe about a year and a half or two years ago. We had an event, and she came down. I mean, actually up from from Tampa up here where we at, and did a nice little presentation for us. Really made us feel special. That just goes to show you, no matter how big some folks is, they still got time for the little cigar spots. And she did a great job. Really nice lady. Also took a picture with her, too. Nice lady. But this classic 858 Maduro is an enormously popular size from a legendary brand. Intrinsic mixtures of dark spice notes, mild and beautiful, with this Toro rich, nutty core. This is a really good stick, really smooth stick. And now, it's been a while since I had Arturo Fuente because I've been dipping and dabbing in a whole lot of little other things, you know, trying to, you know, get my cigar knowledge up. So tonight, I kind of went back to this Arturo Fuente. It's a really, really good stick. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I kind of forgot how much I really enjoyed it. Also, down in Tampa, in Ybor City, they actually roll these Arturo Fuentes down there. And the amazing thing, I went to this one little place. It looked like a little house by the train tracks down in Ybor City. And inside this house, they have a lot of Arturo Fuente. But I was cruising around in there, me and the fellas, and I noticed I seen some Ashton cigars. I'm like, wait a minute, Ashton cigars? What is Ashton cigars doing in a Arturo Fuente uh, cigar spot? And then I found out that Ashton, uh, that Arturo Fuente actually rolls for Ashton. Now, I thought Ashton was a company that rolled their own cigars, but apparently they don't. You know, now, I mean, they didn't bob, you know, with the blends and everything like that, but the actual roll, some are done by Arturo Fuente and some others are done by somebody else. Because right there in Yeboard City is a big Arturo Fuente factory where they still hand roll cigars like they did back in the old days. And that was very interesting to find out because when I first started smoking, as y'all know from some of my prior talks, I first got into Ashton, didn't know what I was smoking. But man, I'm asking you to give me a headache, man, when I was up in Philly. But I was just trying to get into the cigar thing, trying to look big. I ain't know nothing about it back then. But that was very enlightening when I went to the Arturo uh, Fuente cigar spot down there in Ybor City. And to find out, find out that Ashton, some, some Ashton, not all now, some Ashton's are actually rolled by Arturo Fuente. But this is a good stick. And like I said, it's been a while. And I'm glad I came back around and revisited this stick here. Now, y'all know I like the Maduros. Again. This is Arturo Fuente Classic 858 Maduro. Now, y'all get to your local cigar spot, see if they got that thing here, and check it out for yourself. If not, like I always tell y'all, go online, check it out for yourself. Now, tonight, we're going to take a look at cryptocurrency. Let me tell you, this thing here is kind of interesting, very interesting. I remember back in probably two, 2010 when I first started hearing about, excuse me, cryptocurrency. Now, cryptocurrency... You know, it's a currency that's uh, that's not centralized. It's uncentralized currency. But to me, basically, it's a currency that some folks online made up. <laughs> Pretty much it all it is. But it's just fascinating how this cryptocurrency thing took off. 
So before I get into my little rambling, what I'm going to be talking about, y'all know me, I may go off somewhere else. But let's take a look at this thing and see what these folks say about cryptocurrency. Let you guys get a little enlightenment about this thing, just like I got a, some, enlighten, lighten, uh, some enlightenment about it. Very interesting, this cryptocurrency thing. So without me getting off in all my rambling, I'm going to get back with my Arturo Fuente, classic 858 Maduro. I'm going to take me a few puffs. While y'all take a listen to this, I'm going to come back and talk with y'all on the flip side. All right now. Let's take a look at cryptocurrency or the so-called blockchain. A cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange wherein individual coin ownership records are stored in a ledger existing in a form of computerized database using strong cryptography to secure transaction records, to control the creation of additional coins, and to verify the transfer of coin ownership. It typically does not exist in physical form, like paper money, and is typically not issued by a central authority. Cryptocurrencies typically use decentralized control as opposed to centralized digital currency and central banking systems. When a cryptocurrency is minted or created prior to issuance or issued by a single issuer, it is generally considered centralized. When implemented with decentralized control, each cryptocurrency works through distributed ledger technology, typically a blockchain, that serves as a public financial transaction database. Bitcoin, first released as open source software in 2009, is the first decentralized cryptocurrency. Since the release of Bitcoin, over 6,000 altcoins, alternative variants of Bitcoin, or other cryptocurrencies, have been created. History In 1983, the American cryptographer David Chong conceived an anonymous cryptographic electronic money called eCash. Later, in 1995, he implemented it through DGCash, an early form of cryptographic electronic payments which required user software in order to withdraw notes from a bank and designate specific encrypted keys before it can be sent to a recipient. This allowed the digital currency to be untraceable by the issuing bank, the government, or any third party. In 1996, the National Security Agency published a paper entitled How to Make a Mint, the Cryptography of Anonymous Electronic Cash, describing a cryptocurrency system, first publishing it in an MIT mailing list 9 and later in 1997, in the American Law Review, Volume 46, Issue 4. In 1998, Wei Dai published a description of B-Money, characterized as an anonymous, distributed electronic cash system. Shortly thereafter, Nick Sabo described BitGold. Like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that would follow it, BitGold, not to be confused with the later gold-based exchange, BitGold, was described as an electronic currency system which required users to complete a proof-of-work function with solutions being cryptographically put together and published. The first decentralized cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, was created in 2009 by presumably pseudonymous developer Satoshi Nakamoto. It used SHA-256, a cryptographic hash function, as its proof-of-work scheme. In April 2011, Namecoin was created as an attempt at forming a decentralized DNS, which would make internet censorship very difficult. Soon after, in October 2011, Litecoin was released. It was the first successful cryptocurrency to use SCRYPT as its hash function instead of SHA-256. Another notable cryptocurrency, Peercoin was the first to use a proof-of-work slash proof-of-stake hybrid. On August 6, 2014, the UK announced its treasury had been commissioned a study of cryptocurrencies, and what role, if any, they can play in the UK economy. The study was also to report on whether regulation should be considered. Formal Definition According to Jan Lansky, a cryptocurrency is a system that meets six conditions. 1. The system does not require a central authority, 
its state is maintained through distributed consensus. 2. The system keeps an overview of cryptocurrency units and their ownership. 3. The system defines whether new cryptocurrency units can be created. If new cryptocurrency units can be created, the system defines the circumstances of their origin and how to determine the ownership of these new units. 4. Ownership of cryptocurrency units can be proved exclusively cryptographically. 5. The system allows transactions to be performed in which ownership of the cryptographic units is changed. A transaction statement can only be issued by an entity proving the current ownership of these units. 6. If two different instructions for changing the ownership of the same cryptographic units are simultaneously entered, the system performs at most one of them. In March 2018, the word cryptocurrency was added to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Altcoin The term altcoin has various similar definitions. Stephanie Yang of the Wall Street Journal defined altcoins as alternative digital currencies, while Paul Vigna, also of the Wall Street Journal, described altcoins as alternative versions of Bitcoin. Aaron Hankins of MarketWatch refers to any cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin as altcoins. Crypto Token A blockchain account can provide functions other than making payments, for example in decentralized applications or smart contracts. In this case, the units or coins are sometimes referred to as crypto tokens, or crypto tokens. Architecture Decentralized cryptocurrency is produced by the entire cryptocurrency system collectively, at a rate which is defined when the system is created and which is publicly known. In centralized banking and economic systems such as the Federal Reserve System, corporate boards or governments control the supply of currency by printing units of fiat money or demanding additions to digital banking ledgers. In the case of decentralized cryptocurrency, companies or governments cannot produce new units, and have not so far provided backing for other firms, banks, or corporate entities which hold asset value measured in it. The underlying technical system upon which decentralized cryptocurrencies are based was created by the group or individual known as Satoshi Nakamoto. As of May 2018, over 1,800 cryptocurrency specifications existed. Within a cryptocurrency system, the safety, integrity, and balance of ledgers is maintained by a community of mutually distrustful parties referred to as miners, who use their computers to help validate and timestamp transactions, adding them to the ledger in accordance with a particular timestamping scheme. Most cryptocurrencies are designed to gradually decrease production of that currency, placing a cap on the total amount of that currency that will ever be in circulation. Compared with ordinary currencies held by financial institutions or kept as cash on hand, cryptocurrencies can be more difficult for seizure by law enforcement. This difficulty is derived from leveraging cryptographic technologies. Blockchain the validity of each cryptocurrency's coins is provided by a blockchain. A blockchain is a continuously growing list of records, called blocks, which are linked and secured using cryptography. Each block typically contains a hash pointer as a link to a previous block, a timestamp, and transaction data. By design, blockchains are inherently resistant to modification of the data. It is an open, distributed ledger that can record transactions between two parties efficiently and in a verifiable and permanent way. For use as a distributed ledger, a blockchain is typically managed by a peer-to-peer -peer network collectively adhering to a protocol for validating new blocks. Once recorded, the data in any given block cannot be altered retroactively without the alteration of all subsequent blocks, which requires collusion of the network majority. Blockchains are secure by design and are an example of a distributed computing system with high Byzantine fault tolerance. Decentralized consensus has therefore been achieved with a blockchain. The public nature of the blockchain ledger protects the integrity of whatever is being transacted since no one entity owns the database. The added work required to solve the encryption in a proof-of-stake system ensures that the public ledger is not modified at random, 
thus solving the double spending problem without the need of a trusted authority or central server to administer the database, assuming no 51% attack, that has worked against several cryptocurrencies. Timestamping Cryptocurrencies use various timestamping schemes to prove the validity of transactions added to the blockchain ledger without the need for a trusted third party. The first timestamping scheme invented was the proof-of-work scheme. The most widely used proof-of-work schemes are based on SHA-256 and SCRYPT. Some other hashing algorithms that are used for proof-of-work include Cryptonite, Blake, SHA-3, and X11. The proof-of-stake is a method of securing a cryptocurrency network and achieving distributed consensus through requesting users to show ownership of a certain amount of currency. It is different from proof-of-work systems that run difficult hashing algorithms to validate electronic transactions. The scheme is largely dependent on the coin, and there's currently no standard form of it. Some cryptocurrencies use a combined proof-of-work and proof-of-stake scheme. Mining Ashcoin Mine In cryptocurrency networks, mining is a validation of transactions. For this effort, successful miners obtain new cryptocurrency as a reward. The reward decreases transaction fees by creating a complementary incentive to contribute to the processing power of the network. The rate of generating hashes, which validate any transaction, has been increased by the use of specialized machines such as FPGAs and ASICs running complex hashing algorithms like SHA-256 and SCRYPT citation needed this arms race for cheaper yet efficient machines has existed since the day the first cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, was introduced in 2009 citation needed with more people venturing into the world of virtual currency, generating hashes for this validation has become far more complex. Over the years, with miners having to invest large sums of money on employing multiple high-performance ASICs. Thus the value of the currency obtained for finding a hash often does not justify the amount of money spent on setting up the machines, the cooling facilities to overcome the heat they produce, and the electricity required to run them 29 as of July 2019, Bitcoin's electricity consumption is estimated to about 7 gigawatts, 0.2% of the global total, or equivalent to that of Switzerland. Some miners pool resources, sharing their processing power over a network to split the reward equally, according to the amount of work they contributed to the probability of finding a block. A share is awarded to members of the mining pool who present a valid partial proof of work. As of February 2018, the Chinese government halted trading of virtual currency, banned initial coin offerings and shut down mining. Some Chinese miners have since relocated to Canada. One company is operating data centers for mining operations at Canadian oil and gas field sites, due to low gas prices. In June 2018, Hydro-Quebec proposed to the provincial government to allocate 500 MW to crypto companies for mining. According to a February 2018 report from Fortune, Iceland has become a haven for cryptocurrency miners in part because of its cheap electricity. In March 2018, the city of Plattsburgh in upstate New York put an 18-month moratorium on all cryptocurrency mining in an effort to preserve natural resources and the character and direction of the city. GPU price rise an increase in cryptocurrency mining increased the demand for graphics cards, GPU, in 2017. The computing power of GPUs makes them well suited to generating hashes. Popular favorites of cryptocurrency miners such as NVIDIA's GTX 1060 and GTX 1070 graphics cards, as well as AMD's RX 570 and RX 580 GPUs, doubled or tripled in price, or were out of stock 37 a GTX 1070 Ti which was released at a price of $450 sold for as much as $1,100. Another popular car GTX 1060 6GB model was released at an MSRP of $250, 
sold for almost $500. RX 570 and RX 580 cards from AMD were out of stock for almost a year. Miners regularly buy up the entire stock of new GPUs as soon as they are available. Nvidia has asked retailers to do what they can when it comes to selling GPUs to gamers instead of miners. Gamers come first for Nvidia, said Boris Bowles, PR manager for Nvidia in the German region. Wallets. An example paper printable Bitcoin wallet consisting of one Bitcoin address for receiving and the corresponding private key for spending. Main article, Cryptocurrency Wallet. A cryptocurrency wallet stores the public and private keys or addresses which can be used to receive or spend the cryptocurrency. With the private key, it is possible to write in the public ledger, effectively spending the associated cryptocurrency. With the public key, it is possible for others to send currency to the wallet. Anonymity Bitcoin is pseudonymous rather than anonymous in that the cryptocurrency within a wallet is not tied to people, but rather to one or more specific keys, or addresses. Thereby, Bitcoin owners are not identifiable, but all transactions are publicly available in the blockchain. Still, cryptocurrency exchanges are often required by law to collect the personal information of their users' citation needed. Additions such as ZeroCoin, ZeroCash, and CryptoNote have been suggested, which would allow for additional anonymity and fungibility. Fungibility Most cryptocurrency tokens are fungible and interchangeable. However, unique non-fungible tokens also exist. Such tokens can serve as assets in games like CryptoKitties. Economics Cryptocurrencies are used primarily outside existing banking and governmental institutions and are exchanged over the internet. Block Rewards Proof-of-work cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin, offer block rewards incentives for miners. There has been an implicit belief that whether miners are paid by block rewards or transaction fees does not affect the security of the blockchain, but a study suggests that this may not be the case under certain circumstances. The rewards paid to miners increase the supply of the cryptocurrency. By making sure that verifying transactions is a costly business, the integrity of the network can be preserved as long as benevolent nodes control a majority of computing power. The verification algorithm requires a lot of processing power, and thus electricity in order to make verification costly enough to accurately validate public blockchain. Not only do miners have to factor in the costs associated with expensive equipment necessary to stand a chance of solving a hash problem, they further must consider the significant amount of electrical power in search of the solution. Generally, the block rewards outweigh electricity and equipment costs, but this may not always be the case. The current value, not the long-term value, of the cryptocurrency supports the reward scheme to incentivize miners to engage in costly mining activities. Some sources claim that the current Bitcoin design is very inefficient, generating a welfare loss of 1.4% relative to an efficient cash system. The main source for this inefficiency is the large mining cost, which is estimated to be 360 million US dollars per year. This translates into users being willing to accept a cash system with an inflation rate of 230% before being better off using Bitcoin as a means of payment. However, the efficiency of the Bitcoin system can be significantly improved by optimizing the rate of coin creation and minimizing transaction fees. Another potential improvement is to eliminate inefficient mining activities by changing the consensus protocol altogether. Transaction fees Transaction fees for cryptocurrency depend mainly on the supply of network capacity at the time, versus the demand from the currency holder for a faster transaction citation needed the currency holder can choose a specific transaction fee, while network entities process transactions in order of highest offered fee to lowest citation needed cryptocurrency exchanges can simplify the process for currency holders by offering priority alternatives and thereby determine which fee will likely 
cause the transaction to be processed in the requested time. For Ether, transaction fees differ by computational complexity, bandwidth use, and storage needs, while Bitcoin transaction fees differ by transaction size and whether the transaction uses SegWit. In September 2018, the median transaction fee for Ether corresponded to $0.017, while for Bitcoin it corresponded to $0.55. Cents. Some cryptocurrencies have no transaction fees, and instead rely on client-side proof-of-work as the transaction prioritization and anti-spam mechanism. Exchanges Cryptocurrency exchanges allow customers to trade cryptocurrencies for other assets, such as conventional fiat money, or to trade between different digital currencies. Atomic swaps Atomic swaps are a mechanism where one cryptocurrency can be exchanged directly for another cryptocurrency, without the need for a trusted third party such as an exchange. ATMs Bitcoin ATM Jordan Kelly, founder of Robocoin, launched the first Bitcoin ATM in the United States on February 20, 2014. The kiosk installed in Austin, Texas, is similar to bank ATMs but has scanners to read government-issued identifications such as a driver's license or a passport to confirm users' identities. Initial Coin Offerings An initial coin offering, ICO, is a controversial means of raising funds for a new cryptocurrency venture. An ICO may be used by startups with the intention of avoiding regulation. However, securities regulators in many jurisdictions, including in the US, and Canada, have indicated that if a coin or token is an investment contract, example under the Howey test, i.e., an investment of money with a reasonable expectation of profit based significantly on the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of others, it is a security and is subject to securities regulation. In an ICO campaign, a percentage of the cryptocurrency, usually in the form of tokens, is sold to early backers of the project in exchange for legal tender or other cryptocurrencies, often Bitcoin or Ether. According to PricewaterhouseCoopers, four of the ten biggest proposed initial coin offerings have used Switzerland as a base, where they are frequently registered as non-profit foundations. The Swiss regulatory agency Finma stated that it would take a balanced approach to ICO projects and would allow legitimate innovators to navigate the regulatory landscape and so launch their projects in a way consistent with national laws protecting investors and the integrity of the financial system. In response to numerous requests by industry representatives, a legislative ICO working group began to issue legal guidelines in 2018, which are intended to remove uncertainty from cryptocurrency offerings and to establish sustainable business practices. 55. Legality. The legal status of cryptocurrencies varies substantially from country to country and is still undefined or changing in many of them. While some countries have explicitly allowed their use and trade, others have banned or restricted it. According to the Library of Congress, an absolute ban on trading or using cryptocurrencies applies in eight countries, Algeria, Bolivia, Egypt, Iraq, Morocco, Nepal, Pakistan, and the United Arab Emirates. An implicit ban applies in another 15 countries, which include Bahrain, Bangladesh, China, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, Indonesia, Iran, Kuwait, Lesotho, Lithuania, Macau, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Taiwan. In the United States and Canada, state and provincial securities regulators, coordinated through the North American Securities Administrators Association, are investigating Bitcoin scams and ICOs in 40 jurisdictions. Various government agencies, departments, and courts have classified Bitcoin differently. China's central bank banned the handling of bitcoins by financial institutions in China in early 2014. In Russia, though cryptocurrencies are legal, it is illegal to actually purchase goods with any currency other than the Russian ruble. Regulations and bans that apply to bitcoin probably extend to similar cryptocurrency systems. 
Cryptocurrencies are a potential tool to evade economic sanctions for example against Russia, Iran, or Venezuela. Russia also secretly supported Venezuela with the creation of the Petro, El Petro, a national cryptocurrency initiated by the Maduro government to obtain valuable oil revenues by circumventing U.S. sanctions. In August 2018, the Bank of Thailand announced its plans to create its own cryptocurrency, the Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. Advertising Bans Cryptocurrency advertisements were temporarily banned on Facebook 62 Google, Twitter, Bing, Snapchat, LinkedIn and MailChimp. Chinese internet platforms Beidou, Tencent, and Weibo have also prohibited Bitcoin advertisements. The Japanese platform Line and the Russian platform Yandex have similar prohibitions. U.S. Tax Status On March 25, 2014, the United States Internal Revenue Service, IRS, ruled that Bitcoin will be treated as property for tax purposes. This means Bitcoin will be subject to capital gains tax. In a paper published by researchers from Oxford and Warwick, it was shown that Bitcoin has some characteristics more like the precious metals market than traditional currencies, hence in agreement with the IRS decision even if based on different reasons. In July 2019, the IRS started sending letters to cryptocurrency owners warning them to amend their returns and pay taxes. The legal concern of an unregulated global economy. As the popularity of and demand for online currencies has increased since the inception of Bitcoin in 2009, so have concerns that such an unregulated person-to-person -person global economy that cryptocurrencies offer may become a threat to society. Concerns abound that altcoins may become tools for anonymous web criminals. Cryptocurrency networks display a lack of regulation that has been criticized as enabling criminals who seek to evade taxes and launder money. Transactions that occur through the use and exchange of these altcoins are independent from formal banking systems, and therefore can make tax evasion simpler for individuals. Since charting taxable income is based upon what a recipient reports to the revenue service, it becomes extremely difficult to account for transactions made using existing cryptocurrencies, a mode of exchange that is complex and difficult to track. Systems of anonymity that most cryptocurrencies offer can also serve as a simpler means to launder money. Rather than laundering money through an intricate net of financial actors and offshore bank accounts, laundering money through altcoins can be achieved through anonymous transactions. Loss, Theft, and Fraud In February 2014 the world's largest Bitcoin exchange, MT Gox, declared bankruptcy. The company stated that it had lost nearly $473 million of their customers' Bitcoins likely due to theft. This was equivalent to approximately 750,000 bitcoins, or about 7% of all the bitcoins in existence. The price of a bitcoin fell from a high of about $1,160 in December to under $400 in February. Two members of the Silk Road Task Force a multi-agency federal task force that carried out the U.S. investigation of Silk Road seized bitcoins for their own use in the course of the investigation. DIA agent Carl Mark Force 4, who attempted to extort Silk Road founder Ross Ulbricht, Dread Pirate Roberts, pleaded guilty to money laundering, obstruction of justice, and extortion under color of official right, and was sentenced to 6.5 years in federal prison. U.S. Secret Service agent John Bridges pleaded guilty to crimes relating to his diversion of $800,000 worth of bitcoins to his personal account during the investigation, and also separately pleaded guilty to money laundering in connection with another cryptocurrency theft, he was sentenced to nearly eight years in federal prison. Homero Josh Garza, who founded the cryptocurrency startup Scaminers and Zenminer in 2014, acknowledged in a plea agreement that the companies were part of a pyramid scheme, and pleaded guilty to wire fraud in 2015. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission separately brought a civil enforcement action against Garza, 
who was eventually ordered to pay a judgment of $9.1 million plus $700,000 in interest. The SEC's complaint stated that Garza, through his companies, had fraudulently sold investment contracts representing shares in the profits they claimed would be generated from mining. On November 21, 2017, the Tether cryptocurrency announced they were hacked, losing $31 million in USDT from their primary wallet. The company has tagged the stolen currency, hoping to lock them in the hacker's wallet, making them unspendable. Tether indicates that it is building a new core for its primary wallet in response to the attack in order to prevent the stolen coins from being used. In May 2018, Bitcoin Gold, and two other cryptocurrencies, were hit by a successful 51% hashing attack by an unknown actor, in which exchanges lost estimated $18 million. In June 2018, Korean exchange CoinRail was hacked, losing $37 million US dollar worth of altcoin. Fear surrounding the hack was blamed for a $42 billion cryptocurrency market sell-off. On July 9, 2018 the exchange banker had $23.5 million in cryptocurrency stolen. The French regulator Autoright de Marches Financiers, AMF, lists 15 websites of companies that solicit investment in cryptocurrency without being authorized to do so in France. Darnet Markets Properties of cryptocurrencies gave them popularity in applications such as a safe haven in banking crises and means of payment, which also led to the cryptocurrency use in controversial settings in the form of online black markets, such as Silk Road. The original Silk Road was shut down in October 2013 and there have been two more versions in use since then. In the year following the initial shutdown of Silk Road, the number of prominent dark markets increased from 4 to 12, while the amount of drug listings increased from 18,000 to 32,000. Darknet markets present challenges in regard to legality. Cryptocurrency used in dark markets are not clearly or legally classified in almost all parts of the world. In the US, bitcoins are labeled as virtual assets. Citation needed this type of ambiguous classification puts pressure on law enforcement agencies around the world to adapt to the shifting drug trade of dark markets. Reception Cryptocurrencies have been compared to Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, and economic bubbles, such as housing market bubbles. Howard Marks of Oak Tree Capital Management stated in 2017 that digital currencies were nothing but an unfounded fad, or perhaps even a pyramid scheme, based on a willingness to ascribe value to something that has little or none beyond what people will pay for it, and compared them to the tulip mania, 1637, South Sea Bubble, 1720, and dot-com bubble, 1999. The New Yorker has explained the debate based on interviews with blockchain founders in an article about the argument over whether Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the blockchain are transforming the world. While cryptocurrencies are digital currencies that are managed through advanced encryption techniques, many governments have taken a cautious approach toward them, fearing their lack of central control and the effects they could have on financial security. Regulators in several countries have warned against cryptocurrency and some have taken concrete regulatory measures to dissuade users. 88 Additionally, many banks do not offer services for cryptocurrencies and can refuse to offer services to virtual currency companies. Gareth Murphy, a senior central banking officer has stated widespread use of cryptocurrency would also make it more difficult for statistical agencies to gather data on economic activity, which are used by governments to steer the economy. He cautioned that virtual currencies pose a new challenge to central banks' control over the important functions of monetary and exchange rate policy. While traditional financial products have strong consumer protections in place, there is no intermediary with the power to limit consumer losses if bitcoins are lost or stolen. One of the features cryptocurrency lacks in comparison to credit cards, for example, is consumer protection against fraud, such as chargebacks. 
Bitcoin has been criticized by its opponents for the amount of energy that goes into its proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining, cryptocurrency proponents claim it is important to compare the energy spent to the consumption of the traditional financial system. There are also purely technical elements to consider. For example, technological advancement in cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin result in high upfront costs to miners in the form of specialized hardware and software. Cryptocurrency transactions are normally irreversible after a number of blocks confirm the transaction. Additionally, cryptocurrency private keys can be permanently lost from local storage due to malware, data loss or the destruction of the physical media. This prevents the cryptocurrency from being spent, resulting in its effective removal from the markets. The cryptocurrency community refers to pre-mining, hidden launches, ICO or extreme rewards for the altcoin founders as a deceptive practice. It can also be used as an inherent part of a cryptocurrency's design. Pre-mining means currency is generated by the currency's founders prior to being released to the public. Paul Krugman, winner of the Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences, has repeated numerous times that it is a bubble that will not last and links it to tulip mania. American business magnate Warren Buffett thinks that cryptocurrency will come to a bad ending. In October 2017, BlackRock CEO Lawrence D. Fink called Bitcoin an index of money laundering. Bitcoin just shows you how much demand for money laundering there is in the world, he said. Academic Studies In September 2015, the establishment of the peer-reviewed academic journal Ledger, ISSN 2379-5980, was announced. It covers studies of cryptocurrencies and related technologies, and is published by the University of Pittsburgh. The journal encourages authors to digitally sign a file hash of submitted papers, which will then be timestamped into the Bitcoin blockchain. Authors are also asked to include a personal Bitcoin address in the first page of their papers. Aid Agencies A number of aid agencies have started accepting donations in cryptocurrencies, including the American Red Cross, UNICEF 105, and the UN World Food Program. Cryptocurrencies make tracking donations easier and have the potential to allow donors to see how their money is used. Financial Transparency Christopher Fabian, principal advisor at UNICEF Innovation said that UNICEF would uphold existing donor protocols, meaning that those making donations online would have to pass rigorous checks before they were allowed to deposit funds to UNICEF 106-107. Now let's take a look at cryptocurrency and its security. Cryptocurrency and security describes attempts to obtain digital currencies by illegal means, for instance through phishing, scamming, a supply chain attack or hacking, or the measures to prevent unauthorized cryptocurrency transactions, and storage technologies. In extreme cases even a computer which is not connected to any network can be hacked. Cryptocurrency Security Technologies There are various types of cryptocurrency wallets available, with different layers of security, including devices, software for different operating systems or browsers, and offline wallets. Notable Thefts In 2018, Around 1.7 billion US dollars in cryptocurrency was lost due to scams theft and fraud. In the first quarter 2019, the amount of such losses was 1.2 billion US dollars. Exchanges Notable cryptocurrency exchange hacks, resulting in the theft of cryptocurrencies include Bitstamp in 2015 cryptocurrencies worth 5 million dollars were stolen. MT Gox between 2011 and 2014, $350 million worth of Bitcoin were stolen. Bitfinex in 2016, $72 million were stolen through exploiting the exchange wallet, users were refunded. NiceHash in 2017 more than $60 million worth of cryptocurrency was stolen. CoinCheck NEM tokens worth $400 million were stolen in 2018. 
Save $60 million in Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Monacoin stolen in September 2018. Binance in 2019 cryptocurrencies worth $40 million were stolen. Currencies. In 2016, known as the DAO event, an exploit in the original Ethereum smart contracts resulted in multiple transactions, creating additional $50 million. Subsequently, the currency was forked into Ethereum Classic, and Ethereum, with the latter continuing with the new blockchain without the exploited transactions. In 2017, Tether announced they were hacked, losing $31 million in USTD from their primary wallet. The company has tagged the stolen currency, hoping to lock them in the hacker's wallet, making them unspendable. Bitcoin There have been many cases of Bitcoin theft. As of December 2017, around 980,000 Bitcoins have been stolen from cryptocurrency exchanges. One type of theft involves a third party accessing the private key to a victim's Bitcoin address, or of an online wallet. If the private key is stolen, all the Bitcoins from the compromised address can be transferred. In that case, the network does not have any provisions to identify the thief, block further transactions of those stolen Bitcoins, or return them to the legitimate owner. Theft also occurs at sites where Bitcoins are used to purchase illicit goods. In late November 2013, an estimated $100 million in Bitcoins were allegedly stolen from the online illicit goods marketplace Sheep Marketplace, which immediately closed. Users tracked the coins as they were processed and converted to cash, but no funds were recovered and no culprits identified. A different black market, Silk Road 2, stated that during a February 2014 hack, Bitcoins valued at $2.7 million were taken from escrow accounts. Sites where users exchange Bitcoins for cash or store them in wallets are also targets for theft. Inputs.io, an Australian wallet service, was hacked twice in October 2013 and lost more than $1 million in Bitcoins. Global, a Chinese Bitcoin trading platform, suddenly shut down on October 26, 2013, subscribers, unable to log in, lost up to $5 million worth of Bitcoin. In late February 2014 MT Gox, one of the largest virtual currency exchanges, filed for bankruptcy in Tokyo amid reports that Bitcoins worth $350 million had been stolen. Flexcoin, a Bitcoin storage specialist based in Alberta, Canada, shut down in March 2014 after saying it discovered a theft of about $650,000 in Bitcoins. Polonix, a digital currency exchange, reported in March 2014 that it lost Bitcoins valued at around $50,000. In January 2015 UK-based Bitstamp, the third busiest Bitcoin exchange globally, was hacked and $5 million in Bitcoins were stolen. February 2015 saw a Chinese exchange named BTER lose Bitcoins worth nearly $2 million to hackers. A major Bitcoin exchange, Bitfinex, was hacked and nearly 120,000 Bitcoins, around $60 million, was stolen in 2016. Bitfinex was forced to suspend its trading. The theft is the second largest Bitcoin heist ever, dwarfed only by MT Gox theft in 2014. According to Forbes, all of Bitfinex's customers, will stand to lose money. The company has announced a cut of 36.067% across the board. Following the hack the company refunded customer citation needed on December 6, 2017, more than $60 million worth of Bitcoin was stolen after a cyber attack hit the cryptocurrency mining platform NiceHash. According to the CEO Marco Kobel and co-founder Sasako, Bitcoins worth $64 million US dollars were stolen, although users have pointed to a Bitcoin wallet which held 4,736.42 Bitcoins, 
equivalent to $67 million. On May 7, 2019, hackers stole over 7,000 bitcoins from the Binance cryptocurrency exchange, at a value of over 40 million US dollars. Binance CEO Zhao Changpeng stated, the hackers used a variety of techniques, including phishing, viruses, and other attacks. The hackers had the patience to wait, and execute well-orchestrated actions through multiple seemingly independent accounts at the most opportune time. Thefts have raised safety concerns. Charles Hayter, founder of digital currency comparison website CryptoCompare said, it's a reminder of the fragility of the infrastructure in such a nascent industry. According to the hearing of U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Small Business on April 2, 2014, these vendors lack regulatory oversight, minimum capital standards and don't provide consumer protection against loss or theft. Wallets In 2017 a flaw in the parity wallet caused the loss of approximately $30,029,000. Fraud Josh Garza, who founded the cryptocurrency startups GaMiners and ZenMiner in 2014, acknowledged in a plea agreement that the companies were part of a pyramid scheme, and pleaded guilty to wire fraud in 2015. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission separately brought a civil enforcement action against Garza, who was eventually ordered to pay a judgment of $9.1 million plus $700,000 in interest. The SEC's complaint stated that Garza, through his companies, had fraudulently sold investment contracts representing shares in the profits they claimed would be generated from mining. Following its shutdown, in 2018 a class action lawsuit for $771,000 was filed against the cryptocurrency platform known as BitConnect, including the platform promoting YouTube channels. Prior fraud warnings in regards to BitConnect, and cease and desist orders by the Texas State Securities Board cited the promise of massive monthly returns. OneCoin was a massive worldwide multi-level marketing Ponzi scheme promoted as, but not involving, a cryptocurrency, causing losses of $4 billion worldwide. Several people behind the scheme were arrested in 2018 and 2019. Malware Malware Stealing Some malware can steal private keys for Bitcoin wallets allowing the Bitcoins themselves to be stolen. The most common type searches computers for cryptocurrency wallets to upload to a remote server where they can be cracked and their coins stolen. Many of these also log keystrokes to record passwords, often avoiding the need to crack the keys. A different approach detects when a Bitcoin address is copied to a clipboard and quickly replaces it with a different address, tricking people into sending Bitcoins to the wrong address. This method is effective because Bitcoin transactions are irreversible. One virus, spread through the Pony botnet, was reported in February 2014 to have stolen up to $220,000 in cryptocurrencies including Bitcoins from 85 wallets. Security company Trustwave, which tracked the malware, reports that its latest version was able to steal 30 types of digital currency. A type of Mac malware active in August 2013, Bitvanity posed as a vanity wallet address generator and stole addresses and private keys from other Bitcoin client software. A different Trojan for Mac OS, called CoinThief was reported in February 2014 to be responsible for multiple Bitcoin thefts. The software was hidden in versions of some cryptocurrency apps on Download.com and Mac Update. Ransomware Many types of ransomware demand payment in Bitcoin. One program called CryptoLocker, typically spread through legitimate-looking email attachments, encrypts the hard drive of an infected computer, then displays a countdown timer and demands a ransom in Bitcoin, to decrypt it. Massachusetts police said they paid a 2-Bitcoin ransom in November 2013, worth more than $1,300 at the time, to decrypt one of their hard drives. Bitcoin was used as the ransom medium in the Wanakery ransomware. 
One ransomware variant disables internet access and demands credit card information to restore it, while secretly mining bitcoins. As of June 2018, most ransomware attackers preferred to use currencies other than bitcoin, with 44% of attacks in the first half of 2018 demanding Monero, which is highly private and difficult to trace, compared to 10% for bitcoin and 11% for ethereum. Unauthorized mining. In June 2011, Symantec warned about the possibility that botnets could mine coveredly for bitcoins. Malware used the parallel processing capabilities of GPUs built into many modern video cards. Although the average PC with an integrated graphics processor is virtually useless for bitcoin mining, tens of thousands of PCs laden with mining malware could produce some results. In mid-August 2011, bitcoin mining botnets were detected, and less than three months later, bitcoin mining trojans had infected Mac OS X. In April 2013, electronic sports organization eSports Entertainment was accused of hijacking 14,000 computers to mine bitcoins, the company later settled the case with the state of New Jersey. German police arrested two people in December 2013 who customized existing botnet software to perform Bitcoin mining, which police said had been used to mine at least $950,000 worth of Bitcoins. For four days in December 2013 and January 2014, Yahoo Europe hosted an ad containing Bitcoin mining malware that infected an estimated 2 million computers. The software, called Cephnet, was first detected in mid-2013 and has been bundled with many software packages. Microsoft has been removing the malware through its Microsoft Security Essentials and other security software. Several reports of employees or students using university or research computers to mine bitcoins have been published. On February 20, 2014, a member of the Harvard community was stripped of his or her access to the university's research computing facilities after setting up a Dogecoin mining operation using a Harvard research network, according to an internal email circulated by Faculty of Arts and Sciences research computing officials. Ars Tech NICA reported in January 2018 that YouTube advertisements contained JavaScript code that mined the cryptocurrency Monero. Phishing A phishing website to generate private IOTA wallet seed passphrase, collected wallet keys, with estimates of up to $4 million worth of MIOTA tokens stolen. The malicious website operated for an unknown amount of time, and was discovered in January 2018. Other Incident In late 2018, Canada's largest crypto exchange Quadriga CX lost $190 million in cryptocurrency when the owner allegedly died, he was the only one with knowledge of the password to a storage wallet. The exchange filed for bankruptcy in 2019. Michael Turpin the founder and chief executive officer of Transform Group, a San Juan, Puerto Rico-based company that advises blockchain businesses on public relations and communications, sued Ellis Pinsky in New York on May 7, 2020, for leading a sophisticated cybercrime spree that stole $24 million in cryptocurrency by hacking into Turpin's phone in 2018. Turpin also sued Nicholas Truglia and won a $75.8 million judgment against Truglia in 2019 in California State Court. On July 15, 2020, Twitter accounts of prominent personalities and firms, including Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Apple, Kanye West, Michael Bloomberg, and Uber were hacked. Twitter confirmed that it was a coordinated social engineering attack on their own employees. Twitter released its statement six hours after the attack took place. Hackers posted the message to transfer the Bitcoin in a Bitcoin wallet, which would double the amount. The wallet's balance was expected to increase to more than $100,000 as the message spread among the Twitter followers. <laughs> what y'all think about that? Cryptocurrency.
But like I tell y'all, I think it was around about 2010 when I first started hearing about this cryptocurrency. It's supposed to be a decentralized currency like these folks just told y'all about that this uh, Japanese guy first started. Now, <laughs> it's kind of funny that I heard that uh, that the government finally caught up with that Japanese guy who started you know, this uh, cryptocurrency thing. They say one day, you know, he was wherever he was at and he heard some helicopter over his house. <laughs> the rangers came down his house and received, you know, like a no-knock warrant. They, 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 they did a no-knock helicopter drive on him. Went and arrested that fella. Nobody know where he had today. Disappeared. This is a guy who discovered this is a Japanese guy. Uh, Hiroshi or whatever his name is, something like that. Y'all know I got Louisiana catch. I can't pronounce all these foreign names now. But uh, that's what happened to him. The government got him swooped up in on him and ain't heard from that cat since. So Will had his house in a helicopter. Say he was in a mountain somewhere. You know, he was way off the grid somewhere. They still found him. Man, let me tell you something, man. These these folks can find you. They found Bin Laden, didn't they? They found Osama Bin Laden laying in a hole, did they? <laughs> yeah, the cryptocurrency guy, Yeshiva, whatever his name, Maki, whatever his name is, they don't know where he at. Just disappeared. Helicopters came out of his house, took him, disappeared. But this is a very inter interesting thing because it's it shows you to me. I look at this cryptocurrency thing as everybody is a, is a, you know everybody is upset or should I say about centralized currency, you know, and everybody is upset about the fiat of the dollar, the inflationary of the dollar, how the dollar is created, you know, who controls. You know, the dollar, you know, parts the central banks, they control the dollars. They regulate the dollars. They regulate the interest rates. Folks got mad about that. So some folks and also about printing money, you know, print money and then creating money in a ledger, you know, just writing down some numbers and then send it to a print press and print out these number bills and how they can track you financially and all that kind of stuff. The IRS, all the accountability that goes along with a fiat currency. And the creation of the digits, digits that add up to the fiat currency. All that stuff, you know, people is dissatisfied with. People say get rid of the Federal Reserve, you know, get rid of banks and centralized banking, all that kind of stuff. But when I look at this cryptocurrency, when it was first sold to people, because I've been listening to one of my favorite podcasts, and they was talking about this cryptocurrency thing, and they was talking about how it was unhackable. You know, you can't hack it. See, that's the most important thing about me. That I, I look at, you know, when I took this computer thing is that anything on the computer can be hacked. Anything, anything that's digitally transmitted or created on this Internet thing on, on the computer can be hacked. Plain simple fact like that. See, folks give y'all a whole lot of pretty talk about a whole lot of things that sounds real good to you. But me, I try to listen to the bottom line things. And when I listen to this fellow a long time ago talk about this cryptocurrency thing, especially couldn't get hacked. That was the first sign to me that, wait a minute, this guy lying because anything online can be hacked. Then he was saying how it's created. Now, y'all, y'all listen to this. Whole, I'm, not, I'm just telling y'all my listeners now. OK, y'all don't hear anything. I want you to go back and listen to this thing, cryptocurrency, to get a better understanding. I'm just telling y'all my listeners when I start, you know, investigating this cryptocurrency thing. Well, the guy was saying how it was created. It was created by uh, uh, what, what the, the word I'm looking for. Is an open source. It's an open source created a currency that nobody owns it. 
It's not regulated by anybody. How it's made is made through through mining. You know, these folks on their computers, you know, it talks about, you know, if you listen to the pod talk, it was talking about GPU. Okay. GPU is, is gaming processing units. In your computer, you have CPU. CPU is what you use on your regular computer. GPU, gaming processing units, those are units made for high speed. You know, the high speed and accuracy. I guess because that's what you need when you're doing it in a game. And now to mine it, to make these Bitcoin, like I told y'all, you need these GPUs and you need a whole lot of energy in order to make these coins. And it's saying that how people how people make these coins is well, how people are paid to make these coins is they paid from Bitcoins to make them. Now, I'm thinking about this now. OK, now here we is. We got a currency that just made out of thin air. If somebody sit down on a computer, typed it up, okay, created an open source for it where people where people can contribute, but the people that's contribute, they don't own it, they don't own no stock, but they part of the accountability part of it, okay. And how you got these wallets, right? You got these wallets, just like a bank account that that your cryptocurrency goes in. Now you got to maintain your wallet because if you lose that wallet number, it ain't no lost password. You click and somebody send you your password. See, it ain't nothing like that. It ain't nothing like you go on your bank right now and you lose some money or you lose your password to access your bank account. You hit that, you know, lost password and they'll send you a new password. It's not like that cryptocurrency. With cryptocurrency, when these folks, when, when these folks, uh, when these folks make this cryptocurrency, the amazing thing about it is how everybody hate dollar, dollars. How all this whole thing was started because people didn't like dollars. But in order to get cryptocurrency, you have to pay with dollars first. You have to take fiat money and go somewhere and send money off to some folks somewhere digitally or, or paperly or from your bank account, wire transfer somewhere to even buy cryptocurrency. Now, that didn't make no sense to me. Now, here folks is they're talking about that they don't like the current standard of central of centralized banking currency, the fiat method. But yet they would but yet. But they're taking your fiat in order to sell you something that's imaginary. Now, that to me, that's even worse than the dollar or paper creation of fiat money. It is paper creation of fiat money. You got the green paper in your hand. It's supposed to be backed by something. And what it's backed by is backed by whatever government that is. And see, that government is backed by a military. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? people, there's guns and there's power back in that currency. You see what I'm saying? So when you when you buy this cryptocurrency, this is somebody who's created something just just like normal banks. You know, banks just write in a ledger a number and then they create this paper. <clears throat> and they put on that paper that this paper is backed. <coughs> excuse me, this paper is backed by the government. And they also say if you got so much of this paper and you lose this paper, we're going to insure this paper up to up to so much. And we're going to control and re regulate how much of this paper can be made. Now, I agree with that. No matter how much people y'all out there hate it, I agree with a centralized bank. I agree with the Federal Reserve. I don't want the president creating money because presidents are in every four to eight years and they pander too much. We'll really be off the rails right now. To me, the government has too much control right now influencing to the Federal Reserve. Even though the Federal Reserve is supposed to be a separate body, an independent body, controlled by the IMF, the International Mutual Fund, the president of the country still has influence in that. That's why Trump went in. The reason why the economy is booming 
right now so big is because Trump went in and he stopped them from raising interest rates. That's how he did it. He lowered interest raising rates and he lowered interest corporate taxes, which is a good thing in the short term. But it's kicking the can down the road because you need taxes. You need taxes in order to create more money. You need taxes to take the money out of the system back to the Federal Reserve so the Federal Reserves can create good monetary notes. If you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you can't keep creating paper money, right, without taking, without interest rate, because there's the interest rate is what helps take the money out of the system or the notes out of the system or erase those notes out of the book. For instance, if, if the Federal Reserve creates $100, they create 10% interest on, on, that, on that $100. So that means you got to pay them $110 back. Okay, so when they take that $110 back, right, or that $10 back, they create more money because they just taken that $10 out. And this is what the IRS, IRS is just a big collection service for the Federal Reserve. It's, the, it's to go out there and find people who have money, hoard or stored or stolen or whatever, find those people and make them pay their fair share taxes in order to take those notes out of the system. Because they have, they're hoarding notes and money that hasn't been taken out of the system yet. That's why I keep telling y'all about Iraq. When they first went in Iraq, they had that big old truck full of trucks load of uh, money rolling down the street that they took out them banks. And nobody ever heard or said anything about where that currency went to. That currency went to their parent because he was hoarding all that money, all that paper fiat, right? And they had to take it out the system because... That, because that would because they can't create keep creating more unless they take something out of the system and this is what politicians are panning you people about but cryptocurrency that cryptocurrency is something that was created because people want to get away from fiat paper money but yet in order to get cryptocurrency you have to pay with fiat money now, isn't that remarkable Try to go out and get cryptocurrency right now. You can't buy cryptocurrency unless you have cryptocurrency. You got to get in because you got to pay paper money. Now, the fabulous thing about, about cryptocurrency, it uses the same methodology that that uh, that hard currency used. It's, it's the same concept, creating something out of nothing, but it doesn't have any regulatory around it. Nobody controls it. It's decentralized, meaning that you you have Bitcoin. You got uh you got what what they call altercoins. Altercoins are as they say it in Litauka, altercoins or anything that's not Bitcoin. See, Bitcoin is the big name that we all know about. But there's hundreds of other other, other coins out there of, of cryptocurrencies out there. Bitcoin is just the big name, so that's why they use altercoins. You know, anything that's not Bitcoins. But there's a whole. But it's all decentralized. It's like me. I can create my own cryptocurrency. You can create your own crypto. It's, de it's, de it's, it's decentralized. Nobody controls it. You can create as much as you want to control. Now, you have rules or shortstops that you put in uh, an accountability, uh, accountability uh, perimeter, perimeter, perimeters in in order to try to control it to make people think there's some kind of confidence in it. But I have more confidence in fiat money and a centralized government money than I would in cryptocurrency because it's not backed by anything. There's no military behind it. There's no police behind it. Like they tell y'all in the talk, right now, if you lose your cryptocurrency, guess what? You just lost it. 
You can't, not like money, if I lose my money, I can go to the bank, I can call a credit card, I can call a credit card company, American Express, I can call my bank and ask them, hey man, what's going on, man? These, are, these ain't much where my money at. And there's accountability for it because it's a centralized concern, uh, uh, a centralized currency backed by somebody. If you lose your cryptocurrency, you just SOL. You just lost it. There's no customer service you can call to find out where your cryptocurrency went to. Then they sell you the bill of goods about about uh about how it's unhackable. I mean, y'all heard of I mean MT Gods, how they one 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 of the biggest uh Bitcoin exchanges, how they got hacked. They all get hacked because you cannot make some you cannot make something that a hacker can't get into. Because that's a challenge for a hacker. Worst thing you can ever do is tell a hacker what he can't do. Huh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You, you wake up you wake up the next morning you're homeless right especially if you got one of them houses that uh got all that electronic stuff in your house and stuff like that you mess around with one of these hackers Shh, everything in your house uh sewery everybody be talking at one time sewery that thing on amazon everything in your house be lidding up in the got one of the smart house them hackers will tear you up so when so right there there's a challenge to a hacker when you create a currency and say that it can't be hacked but it's an open source currency this is this thing always get hacked, and they st- and one of my favorite podcast guy he said tell people one of his commercial is a uh, Bitcoin, trying to get people buy everybody listen I'm gonna buy Bitcoin because this guy is a big you know he's a big podcast and I love him he's a big but he bags Bitcoin because Bitcoin is a sponsor of his show, but I wouldn't buy no Bitcoin more than a man in the moon and then if you want to get out the Bitcoin exchange right if you want to get out. You're trying to take paper money out. If you if you go to Bitcoin, if you go to Bitcoin and say, "Look, I got I got a hundred bitcoins, and bitcoins is worth uh, six thousand dollars, right?" You got to go to that exchange, and, and you're trying to twist that Bitcoin in for paper fiat money to use out here in the real world. Now, Bitcoin is only good online because what they did was they went to a bunch of uh uh, uh they, they they went to a bunch of not consumers, uh, the word I'm looking for, merchants. They went to a bunch of merchants, right? You know, like your Amazons, you know, your big stores, your Amazon. And they said, look, you know, we got this new currency, this Bitcoin, you know, especially on the dark market. They little big Bitcoin dark market. We got, we got this currency right here. It's only tradable online. Bitcoins is only tradable online from one person wallet to the other person wallet. You can't use Bitcoin out here in the real world. Now, you have some stores and uh, some uh, merchants that will accept Bitcoin. But when they use Bitcoin, you know, you go to their store and if they accept Bitcoin, you put your little phone there, your little wallet there, and you transfer the Bitcoin to them. They can only use that Bitcoin online to buy from somebody else who who, uh, who deals in Bitcoins, who probably will take that money and buy from a supplier who accepts Bitcoin? It's like I tell y'all about currency, the American dollar and the yen, for example, and the Russian and the Russian uh, the Russian ruble. You can only that currency is only used in that country. But if another country accepted, that means that other country is going to buy. If the American dollar is paid to Russia for oil, Russia is going to accept. Because Russia know that they're going to accept those dollars because Russia want to buy something from some other country who accepts the dollar. 
right? Because that dollar doesn't do Russia any good sitting there in their bank. It doesn't do them any good. It's, 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 it's just paper just sitting there, right? It can be wiped out. Into, it's just paper. But they use those dollars in order to in order to, to, to exchange with somebody else who's going to buy something in the United States. So this is what they would they would with cryptocurrency uses the same concept. They went to a bunch of merchants, a bunch of stores, suppliers, or whatever, and convinced them that hey, we tired of these centralized currency. You know, like the dollar, the yen, the ruble. Those are centralized currency that's backed by. I tell y'all, it's backed by military. Okay, we tired of that. We're gonna have our. We're gonna do our own currency online. That we can that we can exchange with each other and not use those centralized currency. So that's why you go on Amazon and buy some things in Bitcoin on Amazon and some of these other because they trying to get away from these centralized currency because they think these centralized currencies are bad. But to me, Bitcoin is bad because it's not bad by anything. Let me tell you something. You have to have some type of media to exchange today. You have to have some type of media of exchange. You can't. You don't have a pig or a cow to get to somebody. You don't have a sheet or a blanket to get somebody. But they sheet a blanket or for their pot and pans. You have to have a medium of exchange, and that's what currency is. No matter how fiat it is, it's still a currency, a medium of exchange. And as big as society has gotten, you need a medium of exchange. But my point of it is, you need a centralized. Medium of exchange, one that is backed by a government, one that one that one is backed by a police, one that is backed by the IRS, one is backed by a military. You need a centralized currency because this Bitcoin thing is like they told y'all when, like MT Gox and some of, some of the other ones, if you listen to Pod Talk, they say the ones that got hacked, right? They got hacked by a hacker, and what did they do? They couldn't. They, they couldn't. They, they couldn't recover the bitcoins, so they locked the hacker's wallet, and they created a new bitcoins. So, and what they did with that is that when they got hacked, when one company got hacked out their bitcoins, the company had say the company had a thousand bitcoins. So now they got hacked out of a thousand bitcoins. But see, they can't retrieve that thousand bitcoins back because why? There's no accountability. There was no traceability. See, that's the problem with when, when you got money out there and you can't even trace it, you can't even track it. So what they did was they decided to lock that thousand dollars down, right? And I mean lock that thousand bitcoins down and create a new bitcoins. And when they lock that down, that means that that thousand bitcoin, right, with their emblem on it or their bitcoin currency can't be traded with nobody because they created a new cryptocurrency. That 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 um that they gave to people that already had their cryptocurrency. So that thousand is unusable because if somebody try to use it and and spend it with somebody, they say no, that's not the cryptocurrency that that company is working with now. That's the only accountability that they can do once they find it. But you did, like I say, you're dealing with a currency that uh that's not backed by anything. It's worse than fiat money, in my opinion. I mean, you can play with it online all you want as far as it would go online. But when you get out, like say, oh, Bitcoin worth $250,000, try to take $250,000. Your Bitcoin online worth $250,000, try to get $250,000 for it offline. Try it. 
It's good once you're playing online with it and you have people that accept it. But it's a false premise. You're dealing with cryptocurrency. To me, is you're dealing with something worse than fiat money. Now, in the future, there would be cryptocurrency. There would be centralized cryptocurrency, meaning a cryptocurrency that's backed by a government, a police, a military, the IRS. Even like now with the IRS, people thought about buying cryptocurrency, they can take their hard cash and put their cash in the cryptocurrency, right? Then they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. But the IRS came around and said, nah, cryptocurrency, you got a cryptocurrency in this country? You got to pay taxes on that cryptocurrency. But here's the dumb, dumb thing about it, boy, is you take your money out the bank and you put your money in cryptocurrency because you think you can hide it better. But then when that would but then when that cryptocurrency get hacked, you lose everything. Or you get hit get over get hit over the head, your house burned down, and you lose your wallet key, you lost everything. That doesn't make any sense. You can't call nobody and, and you can't call nobody and try to get your password back. Think about it. You got a cryptocurrency. I'm gonna try to hack the money. I'm gonna, I got two hundred fifty thousand. I'm gonna put two hundred fifty thousand in Bitcoin, right? I ain't gotta pay taxes on it. And then you lose your wallet, or that place get hacked, like MT Gox or whatever. What you gonna do then? You just lost two hundred fifty thousand dollars in Bitcoins. There's no accountability. You can't go to anybody to get a password back. You can't get it. The hackers got it. It's gone. But if you got two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank. You can go to the bank and say, hey, look, y'all insured this, y'all insured my money. I'm up to $250,000, y'all insured. And the bank will give you your money. They will put those digits back into your account. That's a centralized bank. See, the whole thing for me is centralized, decentralized. A decentralized currency that's created uh, open source by everybody in their mama. Or a currency that is controlled by government, as y'all hate it, by a government that backs it. That, to me, is more stable. And like I told y'all, there will be a cryptocurrency. The Federal Reserve is working on their cryptocurrency. And when it is, you know, just like any, any maturation in life at one time, there wasn't a medium of exchange. People bartered between one of And then all of a sudden, people had all this gold and all these, 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 hard, these hard currencies or hard metals that, that, that were so hard to pack up from one city to the next. That somebody came along and said, hey, man, I'm going to give you this piece, this piece of paper here, right? Give this piece of paper for X amount of gold right there. Now, my man in the other city over there, he's got gold. So you don't have to take, you don't have to travel with this gold and get robbed and, and get hit over the head for this gold. You take the, this paper over here and give this paper to my man in a different city over there, he's going to give you the gold back. But we're going to take some interest off it, right? If you got $1,000 in gold, gold coins, right, we're going to charge you a percentage. Right to give you this note from a man in exchange. So if you got a thousand dollar gold coins, when you get to the next city, that guy in that next city, he you know, he, he may give you nine hundred fifty thousand in gold coins because they have to take an interest off of it for securing that for you in exchange for you. Now losing that five percent interest was a whole lot easier than losing that whole load by getting robbed or the ship going down or something crazy happening like Bitcoin. <laughs> Wasn't backed by anything. At least you don't, at least you don't just pay piece of in your hand when you were in the next city over there. That guy, you don't give you no pe no no. He don't give you a coinage. You can go to the local government and protest. See, that's centralized currency and that's decentralized currency. So when you're dealing with this Bitcoin, y'all got to be careful. Y'all got to be smart.
Go back and listen to this thing again. If you want to get in Bitcoin, my suggestion is, man, stay within this thing. Because it's decentralized, it's an open source, and it's really easy to hack. But let me tell you something, with a, with a, with a centralized cryptocurrency, it can still be hacked, but it's going to be backed by something. If you lose, just like your credit card, I can tell you, if your credit card, with your credit card, you lose money on your credit card, you call your credit card company, and they make it right with you. With this Bitcoin, it ain't no making it right. You just lost it. Who you going to call? <laughs> you going to call Saul? <laughs> you better call Saul. You can't call anybody. You just hacked. That's the realization of it. So I advise y'all, you know, y'all listen to this. Y'all go back and listen to this Bitcoin thing again. I think it's really interesting because this is definitely where the future going. But me personally, now, nah, nah, hey, look. I'm not no tax advisor, nothing like stock advisor, nothing like that. But I'm telling y'all, stay away from this cryptocurrency thing. Now, the black market, they love cryptocurrency because they're trading with it on the black market because they think it can't be tracked. But let me tell you who's on the black market. <laughs> the CIA and all of them, they're on the black market too. Sometimes, sometimes CIA use uh, 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 dummy, dummy businesses on there to catch cryptocurrency uh, users. See what I'm saying? The black market, dark market, don't y'all get on that thing. Y'all stay away from that. Don't open it not one time on your browser. Don't mess that, that, that black market. They call it the other internet. Don't, me, don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. They love cryptocurrency on that, but just stay off that. Don't open it not one time in your web browser. You don't want to mess with that. That cryptocurrency on that dark market. Dark market love it. My advice is stay away from cryptocurrency. That's my advice. You do what you want to do, though. You know, if you, when the government of your, of, of your country or whatever, when they start implementing cryptocurrency and it's backed, it's a centralized cryptocurrency that's backed by your government, then I would say go for it. You trust them because you know you got recourse if you lose anything. The big thing with this cryptocurrency is, like I tell y'all, it can be hacked. If you lose it, Right. If you lose any, ain't nobody you can go. And you, you you can go to lose your password or your wallet. You just done. Nobody you can go to that recovery for you. That's the whole thing about being untraceable. That's the whole thing about being de decentralized. See, everybody play with their own decentralized uh, currency, like Venezuela. Russia helped Jim, uh, Venezuela create their own cryptocurrency so they can buy oil from. Everybody wants to supersede the system by, by creating something that don't even exist. But yet in Russia, you can't use cryptocurrency. Ain't that something? Russia helped Venezuela create their cryptocurrency, right? But yet in Russia, you can't use cryptocurrency. In China, you can't use cryptocurrency. <laughs> Ain't that something? In China, you can't use cryptocurrency. And I think you shouldn't be able to use cryptocurrency in the United States. Because it's not backed by anything. It's decentralized. Now, much y'all y'all say y'all hate the government. Y'all can say all you want, but you need a medium, medium of exchange. Now, I'm not gonna say you gotta choose be, be between two devils because it ain't no two devils. It's all it's all about it's all about the currency that you're gonna use to buy what you need to survive to play the game. Life ain't nothing but a game. You got to play the game. Like I said, Monopoly was one of the best games they ever created. You got to play the game. If you're gonna play the game, play the game with something that at least it has some teeth in it. If you lose it. Cryptocurrency, you lose it, it gets stolen, lose your wallet, lose your password, you're done. Fiat money, a centralized currency, 
you lose some money, somebody hack you or use your password or, or, your, or your, your, uh, your credit card, you got a recourse to get it back. Put your money in the bank, at least it's insured up to $250,000. They say money, fiat, is consumer confidence. It is. We all should have confidence in it because we share between of, between, between of us. Cryptocurrency has no uh, consumer confidence whatsoever. You know, it's even make-believe as fiat money. But it's back. Fiat money is back by a centralized government with a military. <laughs> all right, I'm going out of here now. Look, y'all get a chance. Y'all go back and listen to this talk on cryptocurrency. Like I say, it's very informative. I myself, man, I went through this thing probably about three or four times because I just got a whole lot of gems out of it. Really, really, really good talk here. So look here, I'm going to get on out of here. Now, once again, I'm telling you about my here, Arturo Fuente, uh, classic 858 Maduro. Y'all go to y'all local cigar, look cigar spot, see if they got it first. Always support your local cigar spot first. Then if they ain't got it, y'all go online at JR or Holtz or somewhere like that, and y'all check it, check, check, check it out for yourself. See what y'all think about this stick here. Now, like I tell y'all always in closing, y'all take care of everybody out there. More importantly, y'all take care of y'all first.